internet and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Capricorn Podcast. We're a geek slash nerd discussion podcast. Normally we take one topic from TV, movie, video game, book, and better around until we get bored. Uh, I'm, as always, your host, uh, Patrick, and with me is my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. I'm the old prospector. Um, and today we are reviewing a movie that apparently we were the only ones that saw. Yep. Um, but uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the outlaw Johnny Black uh, today. Uh, this is a movie that um, uh, I called in my my uh, favor uh, from uh, every everything everywhere all at once. Um, where you know I, I saw one of Jared's movies, so Jared saw one of mine. Uh, that's an unfair uh, description. Uh, I was down for this from the get go. Uh, no favor technically had to be called in. Uh, Pat suggested, and I was like, "Fuck yes!" Yeah. And then I watched, like, Black Dynamite, like, three times that same week, just to get hyped. Yes. Um, so, as is our, as as we normally do um, for our reviews, we'll start off with the blurb. We're kind of combining um, the spoiler and spoiler-free this time, just, just due to the nature of this movie. And uh, we've done this before, especially for, like, comedies or satires, yeah. like... It's hard to gauge a, a performance on whether or not it's just funny or like because everything everything in like most movies has to work to theme. Comedies have to kind of be a lot of things at once. Um, so we'll just kind of go through them as we go through them. So uh, I'm pulling the blurb up from uh, IMDb where we normally get it because there's no Wikipedia. Yeah. Legitimately, we might be the only people that were excited for this movie. I mean, there, there were only there was like two other people in the theater with us when when we saw it. We had to go not to our normal part, of, not to our normal theater. Yeah, so I guess we'll get, we'll do that uh, theater experience in a bit too. But like, yeah, it was it was two other people, and I genuinely don't think they watched the same movie. They were quiet. Like it was like Pat laughing like the <laughs> loudest uh, at everything. Um, and then the other two people, and they just sat there well after the end credits roll, just chitty chatting. Yeah. Uh, uh, this, this was, this was like, this is clearly like a date date for them. I don't understand that. <laughs> oh, like, like the movie was just like an excuse to be together. Oh no, I don't understand why you go to the outlaw Johnny Black if that's what your goal is. They was. were hoping that they were alone in that theater. Clearly. <laughs> Cause they were also in the back of the theater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the blurb, you got any, any predictions? I will say this one is meatier than most, but it is one sentence. (laughs) Um, they, 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 they got a lot out of this sentence. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm not going to apply the ampersands slash, uh, semicolons where they apply, but, uh, outlaw Johnny black. Um, no, I'm not going to starring Michael J. White, um, is about, uh, uh, Johnny Black, an outlaw, who, uh, after running into a reverend, goes, uh, takes up his identity into his hometown, hijinks ensue. That's it. Uh, hell-bent on avenging the death of his father, Johnny Black vows to gun down Brett Clayton and becomes a wanted man in the process while posing as a preacher in a small mining town that's been taken over by a notorious land baron. That's, like, not accurate. (laughs) 
Uh, he didn't become an outlaw during his time uh, there. He was hiding out there. Hold on. Become oh, yeah, becoming a wanted man in the process while pose. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 well, an inaccurate statement. Yeah, pronunciation fucked them there. Because <laughs> they made it all one. Yeah, one one sentence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, but but taken separately, those are all true words. Yes, yes, yes. Um, see, uh, so getting into our our the theater experience we, we touched upon, um, we saw a uh, evening showing of this. It was like a six. It was when we, six ten. Six ten when we it saw takes, it. Yeah, six ten show. And. Uh, they did not show it at the normal at the close theater that we are. We had to drive over to, over to. Uh, they didn't show it at any theater that is a um, uh, a franchise. Yeah, they didn't show it at uh, AMC or Regal. Yep, none of the franchises out here showed it. Like we had to go to like an independent theater. Yeah, um, which is actually always kind of a treat because um, theaters like that like that don't rely on franchise on franchising. They get to just kind of like because they're like throwing everything at the wall to, to bring people in there. Because franchise theaters, your AMCs and uh, your Regals, they want you to come in, get your tickets, buy your buy your candy, get the fuck out of there. Um, the, the more independent places want you to hang around. Yeah. They, they, they have the arcades, they have bars, they have like they have Which, dining areas. The way that like our, the local AMC that we normally go to also has a bar, but I don't think it's ever running. Uh, it is not. It is not so far up yet and running. Like it's supposed to at some point in the future, but it's been like it's. They're called like MacGuffins. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be up and running at some point, but they haven't. I don't know. if Maybe it's a liquor license issue that they were having, because it's been it's been set up for a while. Yeah, that's I mean, the only I would, reason I, would, I think. I don't think they would get that get that to you know taken care of when they were remodeling. Uh, that's like the that's like, without having any type of insider knowledge. Just the fact that you can see the bar, you can see that everything's fully developed. Uh, you don't, you no longer see any peop- any uh, workers in there like building things or setting things up. Like in the, the back. only thing they don't they don't have is you know liquor on the shelves. Yeah, that's that's what makes me think like maybe there's a licensing issue that's just that's holding them up, and that's just a guess based off of nothing. But um, but no, this this place uh, was fully stocked um, because they also were uh, independent like. This was just a nice theater. Like it, it was much more of an expe- like a theater going experience. Um, everything was brightly lit when you're walking down the hallways. It, yeah, it wasn't like the quiet march of death yep. as you uh, wander dark hallways uh, the way that most of the theaters around here are. <laughs> um, everything was brightly lit. Um, every theater actually had like what was showing on it, like the time that it was showing. And it actually had the listing of all of the seats. Yes. <clears throat> so you know, the, if what need to say, one for the fact that the damn theater is so far. It's like a thirty-minute drive for us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We might go to that one more often. Or if we review any more like more independent films, like yeah. that would be the way. To, that would be the way to go. But it was a ve- it was a very nice theater. Um, what was the name of it again? The premiere. The premiere. Yeah, so uh, if if you live in the area, you, uh, if you haven't been to the premiere, uh, find an excuse to go. Uh, they didn't have um, uh, freestyles machines, 
like not like the way you you would think of like a Coca-Cola freestyle. Yeah. Um, but what they had, which was very similar, and per, for me personally, it worked better. Most freestyles are always constantly out of shit. Uh, they're 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 constantly buggy. Yeah. Um, these things, the, what they had installed there as a kind of a substitute, they looked like just regular drink dispensers. But like when you actually got in there, you could then toggle it to be the different flavors and stuff like that, and, every, and it worked perfectly for us. Um, also, like uh, you just bought your container, and then you got to help yourself. I know that for some people, they they want people to handle their popcorn. Um, but if you're a person who likes to pick out on popcorn, you buy the container, you go and scoop it yourself, and you can keep on scooping as much as you want. Yeah. Without getting a third party involved with their judgy, judgy eyes. Um, so, yeah, this this place was, was genuinely nice. It was a very, very good experience. Uh, the seats were, like, the only, the only thing that, like, the AMC seats have up on them is that these weren't, uh, they didn't heat. And, you know, we're still at the end of summer, so. Yeah. What a big deal. Um, so getting into the into the movie proper. Um, uh, well, I guess we'll start start things off with uh, with with the uh, writing. How did you feel about the way the way the movie was? Uh, so, written? so this was clearly like a spiritual successor to um, you know Black Dynamite, mm-hmm. um, which meant that, but also meant that like oh, also just consider we'll we'll put us we'll put a spoiler warning at some point in in this review, but. It's really hard to spoil a comedy, yeah. Without me just telling you the jokes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but the way that like um, uh, Black Dynamite was specifically a commentary on like black black exploitation films um, and uh, and all that, like this had to be more of a like a straight up western um, and not necessarily like a black exploitation western. It was much more just of a straight up western. Uh, I'm gonna steal a line from Patrick, but I'm giving him full credit for it. Uh, when we when we left this movie, uh, Pat was like, you know, people always say that you can't make Blazing Saddles today. We pretty much went and saw that. Yeah, um, like as close as you can reasonably get. Yeah, um, and kept it to a PG-13 rating, which was something that we were surprised about. Yeah, um, but um, but for the script, uh, the other thing is is that this movie. This movie doesn't saturate itself with jokes like Black Dynamite does. Black Dynamite is so over the top, but it's also because it was coming from a genre that's a lot easier to like fill in jokes for. Yeah, like westerns can be funny, aka Blazing Saddles, um, but like, um, but like the meta jokes in Blazing Saddles were more meta jokes on the film industry as a whole. Yeah. Um, like the meta jokes in Black Dynamite were like meta jokes about black exploitation films. Yeah, so they they still kept that vibe to it, and also with like westerns because you have to explore a lot of different themes. Um, you know, you still have your uh, your America discovering itself. You know, the the outlaw, the, the wild west. Um, what is acceptable? What isn't? Like all of that still has to kind of be at the forefront, and even a good comedy. Um, isn't just like screwball all the way through. I mean, there are some that can pull it off. Mel Brooks famously pulls off a lot of very screwball ones, but uh, comedy has to have weight to it. Like there still has to be stakes in a comedy movie, and this movie, I would say, much more than like Black Dynamite does, sets up stakes a lot. Yes. Um, not to its. Um, so overall, I will say I don't think it's as funny 
as black, as a uh, black dynamite was, but like that's also because of like the shift in genre. Like there's a little bit more setup to a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, but what about you? Like what what did you, what were you thinking? Uh, I'm I'm mostly we're we're mostly on the same page here. Um, like uh, as far as far as the just gen, general writing of the movie and the tones that it was going for, um, westerns are just a bit more serious. Um, just because I don't know, just the way they were made. Um, there was uh, one aspect of the of the movie that I, I that I particularly disliked, and that was. All of the Native American stuff. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to jump into it personally. Um, I wasn't going to jump into. I wasn't going to bring it up. Right. I was waiting for you to bring it up. Um, there's a, there's a subplot in the movie involving Native Americans, um, and uh, let's just the representation is bad, but it's also done to parody bad Native American representation. Um, like several of the most of the Native Americans see, look like they were played by white people. Yeah. Um, and they are the most stereotypical, you know, f- you know, form of, of, uh, of, you know, Indian you can, you could get, um, I don't even want to call them Native Americans. Um, <laughs> like the, like they, they were, you know, they, they, cl- they club a guy over the head and he wakes up and he's married to the chief's, you know, ugly daughter. Um, he runs off and they, they also do, speak a, a very clearly like racist yeah, language. They're, they're, they're just making mouth sounds. Um, and not, not in the way that like all languages are mouth sounds. I mean, he is just saying, bup, 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 bup. yeah. Um, like the, he, the dude runs away and the chiefs, uh, they, they pause on his, uh, face so you can see the single tear, f- you know, running down the side of his face. Like in the old uh, littering commercial, keep uh, Texas beautiful. Yeah, um, but yeah. Like all of that, like there. It was it was one thing when they did it in Black Dynamite because that was pretty much all black people and they were making fun of of black culture. Yeah. Um, there aren't any Native American heroes in this in the movie. So at no point do the Native Americans get to kind of be in on the joke and the fun. Yeah, it is just being, it's just being poked fun at. Um, and also, none of the writers or producers, um, yeah, were at least as far as we could tell. Because once again, it's very hard to get information about a lot of this movie without like being much more in uh, inside industry than we are. Yeah, as two guys that just had to kind of view it. And Michael J. White won't return my calls. Um, that's because you have not uh, set up a dojo for him to come into town and defeat you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Need to, he, all he can do is write me a letter saying you are defeated. It's like okay, you, you ain't got to hit me, sir. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 one was a pretty big problem, and it's it. Uh, I I was pretty uncomfortable with a lot of it. Um, uh, especially because, like, I was having to sit there and be like, I don't think that anyone. Like, this is, I don't. This wouldn't be okay if, because this is once again, it's very different when you're, um, when no one of that group is there to be as part of the like, joke or set it, it up. If it, it feels like, it feels like you're punching down. Yeah. Uh, especially because, like, you know, the with uh, I almost called him Black Dynamite, Johnny Black, the first 
thing you see him do in the movie is intervene on, you know, imperiled Native Americans. Yes. So they, they, they get to be either uncouth savages or weaklings for the for the for the black savior. Yeah. Um what one cool this one cool this white people are doing is not okay now. Yeah. Um uh lo- but thankfully it is it is we, they do eventually move past it. Uh except for when they got to bring everybody back for the big finale. Yeah. Uh, never before has a movie brought everybody back for a big finale like this movie brings everybody back for a big finale, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, so on to um, uh, portrayals uh, or acting um, performances. Uh, that's the word I wanted. I was searching for. Um, you know, even after watching Black Dynamite and watching the cartoon, like it still surprises me so hard. That, like, how straight Michael J. White can play comedy and it fucking work. <laughs> like, it's so, like, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful talent that he has. That, like, his characters are not intentionally funny. No. And, uh, like, cause he's, he's playing it serious as a heart attack all the time. Like, there's, like, only, like, two, maybe three lines in all of, like like, Black Dynamite itself, that are purely said as a joke. And I don't think there's a single one in this movie. No. At no point in this movie does he have, like, a, I threw that before I walked in here! Like, which is clearly meant to be, like, comedically read. Yeah. Um, like, like everything... I don't fucking... think there's a point where Johnny Black ever, ever laughs. No. Uh, he smiles a little bit at the end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um... And, uh, so, like, but, man, he's, he's just, like, every time he's on screen, he's, like, you can't take your eyes off of him. Uh, because you never know when he's going to get up to, uh, some kung fu treachery. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, also, like, I, I was very glad that, like, uh, you know, his company, uh, Gigantic, like, definitely keeps a lot of the same people on the payroll, because uh, if you've seen Black Dynamite, you'll definitely recognize a lot of people in this movie. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, just pretty, pretty much, if, if they had a speaking line in Black Dynamite, they're probably in this movie. Uh, you know, and 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 Tony Baker. <laughs> <laughs> um. See, so yes, after after that, probably well the the second. I, I consider this as a, a surprisingly good performance just because I'm not used to thinking of him as an actor. Um, uh, uh, Randy Randy Couture uh, playing uh, the uh, Bill Bassett, the bounty hunter guy. Yeah. Um, I've only otherwise seen him in Expendables. Expendables. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Which, you know, apparently there's a fourth one coming out. I still haven't seen the third one. If we're gonna, if we do do a review for the, the fourth one, we can just get the third one. I promise you. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, we we can skip it. But uh, yeah, Randy Couture. Um, another part, like, there's a bunch of people who, who play this movie fairly straight, uh, despite being like involved in wacky shit. Yes. Um, this was another one of the ones that was a lot like more of a straight performance, but um, uh, still fun. Uh, 
I, I didn't expect you to pick Randy to uh, Couture second. <laughs> well, I was going in order of appearance. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. So then after that, I'm trying to think of the think of the name of the guy who uh, plays uh, Percy. Uh, Bullhorn. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well just call the Bullhorn. This is Bullhorn from Black Dynamite. <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> uh, shit. I I. He's probably the he's arguably the second lead of the movie. Yes. Uh, surprisingly. <laughs> um. Alright. Oh, Byron Mins. That, okay, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, he, he doesn't have a picture on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, to be fair, he had, he's the one that deals the most, he's the one that's, that's being dealt with in all the Native in all American, the American stuff. Um, but, considering that he also sets up a lot of the weight and the story, like the the movie doesn't happen without his character. Um uh I I I genuinely like him in both movies. I like him better in in this than I liked him as Bullhorn. Yeah. Um and I liked Bullhorn a lot. Um uh but the way that like Black Dynamite works like Bullhorn just kind of comes and goes throughout the movie. Uh Percy's, you know, actually is a character. Yeah, he's actually a character throughout the entire thing and con- has like consistent character and motivation. Like he's written a lot stronger in this movie. Well, in in this movie, the the characters actually get got to sometimes butt butt heads with Black Dynamite. Yeah, sorry, with Johnny, Johnny Black. Black. Whereas in Black Dynamite, every other character was either someone that he fights or an extension of his will. <laughs> um. But uh, no, no, um, like. Serving the role that he serves, um, I guess as the supporting actor, like um, he does a like, and and also keeping in mind that this is very very much a comedy, so like uh, you have to keep kind of keep overblown performances in mind because that's what they're going for. Yeah, um, I will say his his. I'm not necessarily a fan of his comedic execution. A lot of it is just. Seems like you know, uh, you know Tyrese or Chris Tucker elements of just yelling no <laughs> when bad stuff, when bad stuff is happening to you. See, I was actually just, I was gonna say like my own, uh, on a similar vein. Like my only problem is is that like he's billed as like an ex prize fighter, uh, and he never really gets a moment to shine as that. No, um, like he has a great prize fighting story. Like, one of the more humble, like, moments in the movie. Um, like, one of the most grounded moments in the movie. Like, he carries it. Um, but, like, for that to be an aspect of his character, in a movie that is an action movie, um, they don't let him get him shine like that. And uh, since Bullhorn didn't really get to do a whole lot of much of anything either, like, I was really looking forward to seeing him shine like that. Because he, he introduces himself as a, uh, a re- uh, an ex-prize fighter reverend. Yeah. I mean, he does get to throw a few punches. Yeah, but like, it's still it's still very it's like eighteenth fiddle to anything that Johnny could do himself. Yes. Um. Yeah. The, I will though. We'll say John. The comparing the fight scenes from Johnny Black to Black Dynamite. Uh, Johnny Black feels like they're much more cartoony. <laughs> Is it though? Like it's like it's like neck and neck. I, I give the nose to to, to, to Johnny Black. I was like the the extended slap sequence. Oh, the extended slap—that's like one of the best moments. Oh, in the that's movie. not a flaw. 
<laughs> this is not me listening as a flaw. I I I loved it. <laughs> yo yo, keep giving it to me. Because uh, it's hard to say that that's any like more cartoony than everything with Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, see, uh, or a man in a donut. <laughs> and uh, going at, if we if we continue on down, you know, import of the movie. Uh, the next two, um, Anika, Noni Rose, and Erica Ash is Jesse Lee and Bessie Lee. Yeah. Um, the, you know, fe- the fe- female leads to, uh, Johnny and Percy stories. Yeah. Um, like, to be fair, this is, this is not a commentary on the writing because once again, they are going for a certain element of parody and satire here. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse has a lot more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, presence, uh, autonomy, uh, in this movie than like most of the other gigantic uh, uh, female leads have had. Yeah. Um, like she she actually does like have agency inside the story to a certain degree. Um, but like if you are in any way a person who could be attracted to Johnny Black. You're gonna be attracted to Johnny Black, and the thirst's gonna be powerful. Um, which, to this movie's credit, like uh, Black Dynamite was like, he knew. Yeah, he knew, and he fed off of it. Jo- um, Johnny's not really a, John- a ladies' man. Yeah, like Johnny don't Johnny don't do it like that. Uh, hell, like when 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 he's being tempted, Johnny actually seems to be turning women down all throughout the movie. Yeah, um, to a degree that I was actually like a little bit like. I didn't see that coming. No, like it was, it was, and I bring this up just to just to show you how out of character it was. It was like you know when you when you see a uh, a shonen anime protagonist be actually propositioned by a woman that might be interested in him, and then he dives out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. I, I didn't see it coming. Like, th- like, there's an extended sequence where a woman is throwing herself at his feet. Um, uh, Bessie. Yeah. And uh, and he is doing everything he can... To get to, away from her. To get away from her. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like at this point he knew, like... Because uh, he, he assumes Percy's identity for a while in the movie. And he didn't know, he thought Percy was dead. So it wasn't like he was being good to her on like behind of, on account of that or anything like that. No, like he, he wasn't like waiting for Percy to come and, and pick her up. Uh, he was just turning her down, and it wasn't like there was anything wrong with her. Uh, he just uh, just, he, just he wasn't who he was. Man was all about vengeance. Yeah, wasn't who he was, and uh, which is a little bit refreshing. Uh, I, I didn't I did enjoy that little aspect. Um, I, it also kind of helped play into the comedy more. Yeah. Um, unlike you know, like Black Dynamite literally ends in the pose where he's got like two women at, at his feet. Yeah. Um, uh, nunchucks in hand and uh, a fucking gun as big as he is. Like uh, Johnny wasn't like that, and um, and it, it helped play up a lot of the comedy in the movie. Uh, because once again, Michael J. White. I don't know how old he is. Um, but uh, like this movie came like. It's almost twenty, at least fifteen years older, like fifteen years after uh, Black Dynamite, right? He was born in nineteen sixty-seven, so 
40 years would be 2007, uh, 43 would be 2010, at these 56. Bullshit! 56? No. That's definitely wrong. Is it? No way. Because uh, si- 60 years, that would be 2027. No, no. So minus, minus four, yeah, that's, that's 56. That man is fifty-six years old. I mean, I now 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 I'm just gonna just fucking Google his age instead of just going off of the bad math, um, because uh, it's 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 bugging me now. He's fifty-five. He'll be fifty-six in uh, November. Jesus fucking Christ! What? <laughs> I think I just broke Jared. What? God damn. I mean, I, he, he looks good for 55. Shit, motherfucker. <laughs> he looks good for goddamn, like, 30. I knew he had to be getting up in age, but... God damn. Like, did they body double him? Did they CGI <laughs> on his goddamn body? Because he's like, he's, he's like he's flawless. Built, he's built like an old man in a comic book. Like, you know, like where, like, Cable is drawn with an old man's <laughs> head, but what is clearly a 28-year-old's body. <laughs> well, I'm saying, like, his body is like goddamn flawless. Like, and I don't, I'm not trying to be, like, exploitative. I know there's a whole history of, like, fetishizing the black folk. None, I watched that man walk, run around the tile for a while in this movie, and I at no point thought, oh, that's a 56-year-old human being. Because he's not, he's not wrinkly or saggy in any way at all. No. Um, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't even have that many, you know, wrinkles or crow's feet around the eyes. <laughs> I mean... Uh, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in the beginning, he is very clearly wearing a fake beard. Yes. <laughs> like, 100% a fake beard. But, damn. Uh, Mike, you gotta you gotta keep making more of these movies before... <laughs> I mean, maybe, fuck, maybe, fuck, maybe you don't. Maybe you could... Be... I remember when Expendables came out, the first one, and, um... Because uh, we just mentioned it a minute ago, and remember Sly was like sixty in that movie, and he had abs, and everyone was going nuts about it. Like, oh man, how can you keep up your phys- your physique when you're over sixty years old? And Michael J. White's like, how could he not at this point? Like, I, I don't know if if it's in his body to lose it. I, I he might be like he might go to sleep in a mold press at night. <laughs> God damn. Uh, anyway, um, something about people thirsting for Michael J. White, uh, probably. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Johnny Black is clearly not into it. Uh, but yeah, um. <laughs> uh, any, any other noteworthy performances you wanted to bring up? Whoever played, uh, what was his name? Earl? Their brother. Uh, I can't pronounce that name. Uh, E. E M E is his first name. Yeah. And then it's I K W U A K O R. He's from something else. I don't know what he's from, but I recognized him when he walked out. 
see. What else is he? Oh, God, he was in Inhumans. Oh, was he? Yeah, he played Gorgon. Ah, that's probably what, that's that's at least something I know him from. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, everything uh, he was in the Gray Man, Moonfall, and On My Block. Okay, so I, he's been around. Yeah, um, I will say that his introduction is spectacular. <laughs> My God, <laughs> <laughs> like his introduction is like I want to memorize that speech and give it at some point. Because <laughs> like, like he he brings such gravitas, like really strong, like scene capturing gravitas to what ends up being just I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. I that it's a it's a moment you should see. Um but it was one of my favorite moments in it the is, movie. It is a very convincing stroke. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of my favorite moments in the movie. Um, uh, and I mean, I, I guess I also have to mention uh, that um, we had... Uh, who played um, the villain? I, I know who he was, but I can't remember the actor's name. The Land Baron? Or yeah, the, the Land guy, Baron. Oh, that was uh, Barry Boswick. Barry, Barry Boswick, yeah. Brad from, um, from uh, Rocky Horror. Yeah. Um, that man has that man has had an interesting career at this point, because uh, he was also like uh, in uh, FDR uh, Werewolf Hunter. Uh, what is this movie that you said that exists? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, FDR Werewolf Hunter. Um, it, it's trust me, that movie is way weirder than you think it could possibly be. Uh, I don't have time to get into it with you right now, Patrick. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, he it's in the beginning of the movie. He gets attacked by werewolves, and it gives him baby legs, and uh, and that's all I'm going to say about it. It's it's a wacky, like low budget satire movie that is just completely off the rails. Um, and that happened to be the last thing that I I clocked him in. And that was an old that was an older movie, but I just watched it when uh, when my little sibling uh, Rex came out to town. Uh, they made me watch it, um, and uh, so like he kind of he kind of has a staple where he does these weird uh, comedy satire movies nowadays, um, where he gets to just go in and be awful, just awful. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of hoping that he that he is doing these because he knows that they're awful satire, and that after getting to be Brad and Rocky Horror, that's just what he wanted to make his career. Uh, he didn't, like, you know, Susan Sarandon took the, like, the more, like, uh, high-profile stuff, and he just decided to go uh, much, much wackier with it. He, le- he elected to, to take the Tim Curry route? Yeah. Um, and I, a part of me, but part of me desperately fears that, no, no, um, these, these characters who are, like, satirical, awful monsters, that, like, that's actually just, like, that's stuff he says in real life, so he gets away with it in these movies. Um, because he plays a lot of them now. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but he he does a, he does an excellent job. Like once again, like that's one of the, this this movie's strong points is it plays so much straight. Yeah. Like, like this is a, this is a really good movie for if you're a character actor. Yeah. Like, like you're gonna you're gonna get to just you know eat up some scenery. 
Like the fact that like he could make a threat of uh, WWR BB, uh, BBM mm-hmm. and uh, and sell that like it's a real thing and uh, and like it's a legit threat. I mean, be fair, it is a legit threat. Yeah. Uh, but um, but the way like he he puts it, where he's he's just selling it straight, um, is absolutely like wonderful and weird uh, and awful all at the exact same time. Uh, so I, I did want to bring him up because like he does a lot in this movie, like, and uh, to be the the villain and probably the one of the one of the last uh, performances I want to want to bring up just because he's he's in the blurb. Um, Chris Browning is Brett Clayton. Yeah, um, the 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 man that Black Dynamite is hunting is hunting down. Uh, who only, who has like maybe one comedic line in the film? This dude is like just a straight up villain from a western. Yeah, and like you know. I gotta, I gotta applaud, um, you know, Mr. Browning, because uh, you can't have uh, an authentic historical fiction black hero without having a white man doing some heinous shit. <laughs> and uh, he was that white man for this movie. <laughs> what what comedian talk does that whole bit about like Leonardo DiCaprio having to come out? Oh, um, oh, if you hadn't said it, I'm aware, but I couldn't. I've been trying to think of it for a minute. He was on the Daily, Daily Show. Show. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's gonna kill me. Uh, yeah, it hurts me too. Um, but like, he does a whole bit about like you know, every once in a while you have a movie that's that's very strongly black led, and you gotta have one white guy that just comes in there, makes a complete monster of themselves, um, to uh, to help further along these movies. And you know, he mentions Django and like when he's talking about that's what this guy was doing for this movie because he wasn't being funny. Uh, <laughs> Like he is, uh, uh, he he's straight up like coming in and being a threat uh, the entire time. Um, like like he holds court for like a few scenes of this movie of just like him standing around and threatening people, and it ain't slapstick, it ain't wacky, like it's it's legitimately pretty like Roy Wood Jr. That's it, Roy Wood Jr. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what this guy was doing in this movie. Um, like he's plenty, he's plenty hateable. Yeah. Uh, see, and with that, and, and he managed to convey it all without ever, well, hold on. No, he does, he does, he does, he does, he does drop a couple in words. Tended he, he just pronounces them. A little bit different than like it would be pronounced in if this was a Tarantino movie. Yeah. Well, if it was in a Tarantino movie, Tarantino would have been playing that guy, <laughs> <laughs> and he would have said it with his whole chest. <laughs> and I don't know if that movie ever would have came out. <laughs> I mean, once again, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio had to look Jamie Fox in his eyes. <laughs> And say it to him. I don't know if you can look Michael J. White into it in his eyes in a movie that he wrote and helped cast. Yeah. Like that might have been like him looking for the bravest motherfuckers in Hollywood. Ain't no never. Uh okay, so uh moving on from performances. Um uh, uh music. Um 
this is this is a movie where it does a perfectly serviceable, um, uh, like western theme. Yeah, like it's it. This is this is one of the ones where it blends in the background. Like at no point are you ever taken out of it. It sounds like a western through and through. It doesn't sound like it's spoofing westerns. It sounds like it's a legitimate western theme throughout the entire movie. Like there's the- one exception, uh, which is when they're in the bar. Uh, there's a bar brawl, and uh, you got the guy playing the piano, and uh, and he is so into it. It is to me my favorite moment of like music in the film, because uh, he's like. He's literally doing the soundtrack to the fight. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, the best soundtrack moment in the movie. Um, but they don't play anything anything spoofy or anything like that. I gotta assume that bar fight was the last day of shooting. Because <laughs> they, they destroy everything. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but, like, but serviceable isn't fun. And uh, we didn't get anything like, Dynamite! Dynamite in this movie. Uh, Which, I mean, once again, you have conflicting genres, but that's not... But, I mean, you hear a lot of, like, um, uh, uh, Ennio Morricone-like movies. You you definitely know those themes. You know the good, bad, and the ugly theme and stuff like that. This movie doesn't really have anything like uh, that that, that's that strong. Um, and, uh, And that's a little bit sad. Like... Like at least that, that's just for me personally. Like uh, the only significant moment I had for me was just that little bar fight. Yeah, um, I don't even. Re- I, I remember the guy, the guy playing piano, um, <laughs> but I couldn't tell you anything about the specific music of that moment. Um, uh, see, uh, so moving on from from music, uh, anything anything else you want you wanted to get into? Um, Before I give the spoiler warning, uh, the visuals. I think the visuals do like uh, a very solid job um, oh. of being extremely cheap looking. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Jared brought it up when we were on our way back uh, after the after the theater. Um, Johnny is never dirty in this movie. No. Um, no one sweats in this movie. Uh, uh, they have like moments where they're like wandering in the desert and talking about how hot they are, and every nobody is sweating, at all. <laughs> yeah, um, which you know if you if if you if you are hot and you have stopped sweating, you are dying. Dying. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> um, like uh, pe- people, you know, jump into large bodies of water and are dry as a bone afterwards. Um, and you don't even see them jump into the water, like 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 the way they're shot. Like it's just kind of like you see them jumping and you see a splash, because um, they weren't getting these costumes wet. Yeah, like Johnny gets knocked knocked down a couple of times in the movie, and on those couple of occasions, like he is dirty basically until he stands back up again, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all of a sudden his costume is fully clean. Like I told Pat, I was like, I don't know what the costume budget for this movie was, but it felt like they were renting these day to day, and they had to be cleaned <laughs> before they were taken back. And uh, you know, I, I made I made mention of uh, the poor Native American representation. There's a there's a headdress in this in this movie that I am 110 percent sure was made out of construction paper and foam. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the opening shot of the movie, uh, you see like this archway into this like little like Texan town, and it all looks like something you would see at like a theme park or something like that. Where it's like it's clearly like like the cracks and the grit of it are like 
manufactured pieces. Like, everything in the movie looks like it's, like, cheap, like, the most cheaply made props possible. And in a movie like this, it fully helps sell what you're doing. Um, like, I fully believe that there was only ever, like, four horses on set at the same time. Like, probably the, like, end sequence, that, that was when they blew their horse budget. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm pretty sure they were just doing what, like, Xena Warrior Princess does. Which is, like, they only ever had the mo- money for, like, one horse to rent at a time. And they would just keep using that one horse in different shots. Um, and it had and it couldn't be the same one every day. So, like, like sometimes you'll notice that Xena's horse is a completely different color or, or gender. Because uh, they just didn't have the money to, to keep one horse. Um, this movie felt well like that. Um, uh, I, I found it absolutely delightful. Um... Uh, it, it adds to the, like, it adds to that old Hollywood effect of, like, everything has to be, like, cheap and as and replaceable if something happens to it. Um, th- they were not going for authenticity by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I like that. And the other thing that we could probably mention was, like, because it's an action movie, uh, there are some 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 extended fight sequences. There's actually one stunt in this movie that I was like genuinely impressed with, which is a horse dragging a, like dragging a guy who's like uh, oh who's like uh, attached by the stirrup. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a legitimately impressive uh, stunt. And part of me was like, God, I hope that's a stunt, and that that wasn't a guy who fell, and they just decided to keep that shit in the movie. That uh, guy might be dead. <laughs> yeah, because that looked it looked real um, in a movie where most of these. <laughs> Stuff intentionally does not look real. Uh, that moment looked very, very real. Um, so, um, uh, but I mean, they knew what they were doing. Um, uh, like every time that like kung fu was to be had, it, it was pretty spectacularly had. Um, I, I do wish that we got a little bit more of it. Uh, that this movie does spend a lot more time, as I as I said before, like. Um, having to set stakes. So uh, it wasn't like Black Dynamite where like uh, you could literally just go on and have a montage of Black Dynamite pimping around mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and have him like... Uh, uh, Johnny didn't get that chance. Uh, uh, when you're in the middle of, the, of this movie, like jo- like people aren't just coming af- after Johnny and he's uh, having to subtly take them down or anything like that. Um, but... Uh, but when they when they jump back into the action, they jump back in like uh, a moment that Pat called like the t- cartooniest moment of the movie, uh, where uh, a guy is trying to draw on Johnny, and uh, they let you know that like it's back on in the best of ways. But um, that I just wanted to mention those couple of things. Um, uh, you wanna you wanna jump into into breaking this this sucker down? Yep, let's 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 uh, do that. So consider this your your spoiler warning. Um, you know, the, basically our, fi- our final verdict: it's a fun movie. Yeah, very fun movie. Yeah, um, and low budget movies. Please go see them. Yes, because um, obviously this it had a, a limited release. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the people worked hard, and you can tell that they genuinely gave a shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's always good to support independent films anyway, but definitely support one that's like led by people with such with such passion and uh, and anything that Michael J. White does, um, 
because who knows how long he has until his head sinks into his perfect mold of a body and he's just gone forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that so that is our spoiler warning. Uh, you have been spoiler warned, so uh, we will see you next time. And we'll and those of you who are who don't care about spoilers, stick around. I'm assuming they're gone. All right. Okay, so now we can get into the spoiler review. Um, for those of you who don't know how we normally do our spoiler review, uh, this is where we pick the movie up on blocks and you know kind of tear it apart, talk about what we like, what we didn't like. Um, the one thing I will I will uh, get into before we get, uh, jump into the uh, spoiler review, um, since uh, we saw this movie yesterday, uh, Jared. Does the movie pass the fridge test? See, I've been thinking about that because it's a comedy. Yeah. So, like, comedy movies are extremely hard to judge on that aspect because if something doesn't make sense, you can kind of hand wave it to be like, well, it didn't need that because, you know, it's just, it's, it's being goofy. Like the rules of comedy are like you can kind of break your own rules. It is especially hard to hard to do with something like this, where saying that something was done bad, you can always say it was done in parody of this other way these other movies were made bad. Right. Um, so um, uh, uh, now I will I will for, like for me it passed the fridge test. Uh, just like there. There were there were some parts that that didn't quite sit right with me, but uh, there was nothing there was nothing that twenty four hours removed from the movie I thought was like just overly gratuitous where it was still bothering me. Yeah, uh, same here. There's a couple things where I'm like, uh, I'm like, does that hold consistent with the logic that this movie was was kind of built in? Um, and it's like maybe maybe not, but it also kept the plot moving, so that's more important than anything else. And um, and it fed into and it fed into like a series of comedy shit. So yeah. Uh, see, so the movie we we open up with uh, Johnny uh, Johnny Black um, riding into a one horse town. Um, the only horse in the town's his. Well, he's <laughs> he's entering as another horse is leaving. Yeah. So it remains a net one horse town. <laughs> um, he goes goes to the bar, gets some whiskey, and you know looks outside to see a uh, group of rough ruffians uh, beating up on uh, beating up on an engine. Uh, well, he does when he rides into town. He checks his uh, uh, his pocket watch. A pocket watch, which never has any actual significance throughout the movie. Um, he just checks it a bunch in the beginning of the movie, like it has significance, and then just getting well, shot. Well, is the picture of his dad in it? Yes, but like other than that, like it just it's used to set up that, and he also checks it like fourteen times in like yeah. three minutes. Like it's very much that like look, he has this thing that's important to him. Um, whereas like the thing that's actually like significant to him are his guns. Uh, he also he also you know makes a point to pull out a special bullet, as uh, a name on it, Brett Clayton, and he loads that bullet into into one of his guns. 
Um, now, given the nature of uh, these movies, don't count bullets. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure one bullet fired 15 times and it never reloaded. You mean one gun? I said I said one bullet. One I? bullet fired one 15 times. One bullet fired 15 times. He never really rolled that ball again. Uh, see, uh, but yeah, he go he goes to the local saloon because uh, he knows when uh, Clayton is going to show gonna up. Rob the bank somehow. This is what I'm saying. Like, like, did it pass the free test? I immediately was like, "How do you know this?" And they never established it, so I was just like, "Oh, well, I, I don't think dude. I don't think he knew when. I don't think he knew when, like, to the hour." Brett was going to rob it. I think he just knew Brett Clayton is coming to rob this bank. And because it seemed like he was just sitting out there watching. Yeah, but to be fair, like, this movie takes place all over. Like, they, they don't really get into it, but, like, um, this movie, this section set in Georgia, Texas, and Colorado. Um, so. Uh, like, These people cover some ground. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So him just being like, oh, he's going to be in this bank, that's still like a ridiculous leap of like logic and intellect. Um, so I mean, I don't know what type of, you know, cat and mouse game of shadows Johnny Black and uh, Brett Clayton have been had going on between them across the American West. Well, we know it was none because Brett didn't know who he was. Yeah. So, uh... It's a very one-sided game of shadows. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, did that matter? No. Um, so, eh. Um, but yeah, so he, see, he sees uh, a couple uh, uh, people getting attacked. Uh, the girl of the, of, the, of the two is getting dragged off um, for what are clearly nefarious purposes. Tired of uh, some train tracks? Sure. Um, hopefully. Um, but, uh... Uh, Johnny steps out, um, commences the kung fu. Yep. And uh, and then a bunch of bounty hunters show up, and uh, Johnny uh, shows off some fancy shooting. And he he shoots the head off of the sheriff, and the sheriff has a heart attack and dies. And uh, that's enough to get him blamed for murder. <laughs> Um, they keep saying that he shot the sheriff right through the chest, and uh, he was like, "Less that hat, unless his chest is in that hat." <laughs> he pierced the sheriff's heart with his bullets, um, and that's when we first get to see Johnny's amazing uh, uh, fucking um, wanted poster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Which is is. It's just a minstrel, you know, picture. <laughs> yeah. Like, but in black and white. <laughs> um, but everybody can recognize Johnny based off of it somehow. The only difference they see is the hat is different. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so, the, so, jo- so Johnny, he, get, he breaks out of the cuffs that they have him in. Because uh, it's, a, it's a trick he just knows how to do. Yeah. Uh, it, it comes out throughout the movie that he's, he's just breaking out cops. Well, there's some some that he breaks, and then some he just is able to just escape arsed out of. Yeah. Um. See, I'm trying to remember how he... How, oh, 
Yeah, they're they're going they're going to hang him uh, the next day, and you know his crimes are read off. One of them is kung fu treachery. Uh, I wish we could have listened to more of it. Like uh, they kind of cut off, and like there's like some shit in the crowd going on, and uh, but kung fu treachery just sticks out so plainly. Uh, I mean, one of them was like um, one of them was something like unwanted glances towards a white woman or something like that. But like red, weirder than that, because um, like that's what it. Because I was like, oh, that's God. That's that's a that's a weird thing to set the movie with, and then just immediately kung fu Food treachery. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's delightful. Uh, but the uh, the helpful uh, natives that he that he uh, you know helped out, you know, save him from being hung, and uh, give him his horse and guns back. They sh- they shoot the, the the rope off his neck as he's being like like let down to be hung, and he lands right on his balls. Yep. Uh, they don't say it, but like uh, it's clearly played in that moment, like he did, because Johnny did not look happy when he hit that horse. I mean, no, he took a saddle horn to the taint. Um. Uh, they gotta ride his ass out of town backwards. Uh. So, he got he's he's. Back to he's he's back to where he where he started. So he's got he's got his his horse, his guns, and his you know vendetta. Oh, um, he kept he keeps telling the the, the town folk like while he's in prison that like Brett Clayton is coming, Brett Clayton is coming, Brett Clayton is coming, and they keep telling him like shut the fuck up. And then Brett Clayton comes and robs the bank while they're all uh, braiding him. Yeah. So no one was ever actually there to like watch the bank. And no one really seems too upset about it. No. Um, they don't want to give Johnny the satisfaction. Um, so Johnny's, you know, riding throughout the wilderness. Uh, you know, he, he, he goes across the desert and, uh, the bounty hunters pursue him. Uh, he, um, he, he fakes them out with a stick of, the stick of dynamite, um, in a sequence that just, Honestly, doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but why would it need to? No, you see, it was Flintstone. <laughs> he dropped the dynamite, went through the tunnel, came out through the tunnel, shot the dynamite, and then collapsed the tunnel, and then was something somehow on the other side of the tunnel and escaped. It was also the most cartoonish-looking dynamite <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it was. It was a bunch of like red sticks with dynamite written on them in bold, <laughs> with a big fuse on it. Like, no, it was some cartoon shit. Um, like he might as well have like uh, traveled through a big painted picture of a rock. Um, the bounty hunter just smashed into the cliffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, he gets away, and uh, now he's thirsty. And, um, once again, beautifully done. Uh, they clearly took a bunch of landscapes from, like, actual, like, uh, desert. And then wherever they were filming, they just had to film there. Because, like, every time you see Johnny actually kind of, like, walking, he's always in, like, an area that's kind of woody. Yeah. And, uh, but every time you see him, like, riding, it's always just pure mazes and plains. Um, these clearly could not be the same two places at all. They do not, they do not ge- geographically look alike in any way. Um, like sometimes you see these like long stretches of like cracked, like desert ground 
And that is not at all where you ever see him actually walking. Um, but uh, he somehow somehow finds a crick, which uh, just had like a couple spots of like water in it and a bucket, uh, conveniently <laughs> laying there, just as his horse collapses, <laughs> like perfectly, like uh, almost like like a like a standee of a horse was pushed over, like it is just like on its side, perfect. Um, he comes over with the water to uh, with a bucket of water to try to uh, see if he can save it, and its back leg spasms and kicks the bucket away. Um, something that left Patrick uproariously laughing in the theater. Um, I thought it was funny too. I was also laughing. Pat was guffawing, and the couple that was behind us were just hoping we would shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cl- uh, clearly, me and Jerry were having the only fun in that movie. I don't know why. Once again, I think they were having their own fun, and uh, this movie like could have been anything. They could have been watching Cats for all they knew. Oh. Well, the, you know, take take those take those shenanigans to like you know the Nun or whatever the hell that was playing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm trying to remember when when we actually officially get the flashback. Oh, um, we get the flash. It's after this. He's he's walking some more. He fin- then he finally collapses. Then we get the first get flashback. The flashback. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he he eventually just passes out. Um, because his horse is dead and he's just wandering, hot and alone through the desert. Um, the flashback is to uh, the. Uh, the you know sharp shooting black family. Uh, they were doing a gun show, and uh, Brett Clayton is in the crowd, and one of his uh, constituents leans over, is like, "Wow, those that 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 black guy shoots better than you." And he did not take too kindly to that. In the words of Jordan, he took that shit personal. <laughs> uh. Because one of the, the, the moves that he does is he throws a set of cards into the air and then he fires two shots through the uh, Ace of Spades and the Jack of Spades. Um, and uh, Is it a, a gun trick you can see done in, yeah. at gun shows? Yeah, it's not it's not a... I mean, to be fair, he didn't even say like which cards he was going to shoot. He technically could have shot any two cards. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it normally the gun shows they'll, they'll have you pick a card... And then throw the entire deck in the air and shoot that one. Yes, uh, he didn't even do, go for that trick. He literally just said, "Here's a deck of cards. I'm gonna shoot. Uh, I'm gonna shoot them." Um, so it could have been the five and the seven. Yeah, it, it could have been anything, as long as he just put a couple of bullets through a couple of cards. Um, but uh, Clayton didn't believe that shit was real. Uh, that it had to be a trick somehow. Uh, so they go out and uh, do the robbery that they're there to do. And uh, they see a uh, uh, a card man there, uh, a dealer, uh, who has a deck on him. Um, and so before they leave, uh, he uh, he tells the dealer to toss the cards in the air, or to throw the cards in the air. And uh, but he didn't throw them. He gave him a little toss. And uh, that meant he accidentally shot some people. So now he had to waste 14 more bullets and just massacres the whole lot of everybody. And, uh, uh, but it turns out that the whole reason that the, the black family even does this, uh, it's weird to call them the black family. 
Um, I mean, that is their, their last name. name. Their name, yes. Uh, but uh, the reason that they do these gun shows is to support their church. Um, uh, James Black is uh, uh, is like the pastor for this small town church. And uh, he, he does a, a sermon on forgiveness. And, uh, and at the end, he goes up to uh, Little Johnny, uh, which, by the way... Uh, how old would you guess Little Johnny was? Uh, in the movie? Yeah. I think they were trying to portray him as, like, maybe 11, 12. All right, 15. Absolutely almost yeah, that's too a, old. That's at the high end, yeah. Yeah, that would mean Johnny, at the most, could only be 30 years old. Yeah. Because the splash by takes place 15 years prior. Um... So, um, I'm just saying that Michael J. Wright wrote this movie, <laughs> so he wrote himself to at, to be in his 20s. I mean, well, when you <laughs> see what he does, I can believe he's in his 20s. Yes, yes, I'm just saying. I, you, if y'all, if y'all have listened to this whole review, y'all, y'all heard, uh, Jared's amazement when I said that the man was 55. <laughs> yeah, and I knew, because I, I, I knew that he couldn't be, because I've, I mean, hell, I've seen, um, I've seen, uh, Undisputed 2. Uh, which has a very young Michael J. White in it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, still. Um, so he, he, he gives, like, the, the whole sermon, and then he asks Johnny, like, what his thoughts were on the speech. The, the actor who, who, who played uh, young Johnny, that, that kid is 16. How long are they filming this movie? I don't know. he is the youngest 16-year-old I've ever seen. Yeah, because because he he's also he's he played uh, uh Emmett Till last year. He looked that, real young in that movie too. Yeah. Um. But uh, so like he he uh the Reverend uh, asks like Johnny like how he thinks about the sermon and Johnny's like well you know there's forgiveness but what about justice, and uh, which kind of sets up like a little bit of a through line for the movie, um like as once said like un- unlike Black Dynamite which was. Uh, full tilt satire all the time. This movie does kind of lean into its themes a little bit more, and it does try to like round itself out as an actual movie um, in a ways that you know uh, I don't mind. Uh, but uh, it was definitely something that they're they're trying to go for, like uh, to be a little tiny bit more mature. And once again, we're talking a tiny bit more mature because this movie is so goofy as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, uh, as they're talking, um, uh, Brett comes up upon the the show uh, as everybody's letting uh, is letting out. He comes he comes across up, up upon the service. Yeah, the service. Um, I'm sorry, uh, that was my own like uh, anti-religion coming out for a second there, being like the show they put on by charlatans. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, and. Uh, Upon seeing uh, James Black, uh, he wants him to, to do that trick again. And, uh, you know, the, you know Re- Reverend, Reverend Black is basically like, dude, it's like midnight. <laughs> I can't possibly do that trick. Yeah. I have one eye. <laughs> um, and uh, long, I... long, scene, long scene short. Brett uh, guns down 
uh, Reverend well, Black. Uh, they first have a quick draw, and Reverend Black uh, pulls out a, a Bible. Outdraws him. Yeah, outdraws him, and pulls out a Bible. And uh, and then uh, uh, he shoots him. Which you know, back in those days, the surest route to suicide as a black person was to outdo a white person at anything. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say religion. I was already like I was prepared for like religion, and then you were like anything, and I was like, God damn it, that's yeah, that's that's probably true. That's that's more true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't even think honestly, Reverend uh, Reverend Black's death added anything to his bounty. Oh, probably not. I if, I doubt it even got reported. <laughs> um, like uh, so. From there, uh, we cut back to. I think we've, we've we've actually combined two different flashbacks into one. I thought it was. Um, one, I thought it was just one long scene. But we cut. But we get back to uh, to Johnny. He has been uh, saved by uh, Reverend Percy. Uh, it's not Freeman. Yeah, it's not Freeman. That's what. That's what. Uh, Black. Uh, not. That's what Johnny Black uh, screws up <laughs> when, he, yeah. when he says. Is it Fairman? Uh, the junior. <laughs> it, it maybe, but Reverend, uh, I mean, even even in uh, on IMDb, he's just credited as Reverend Percy. Man, nobody wouldn't see this movie but us. <laughs> yeah. Um. So but anyway, uh, I'm amazed we got as much of as much of the uh, blurb as we got. <laughs> so they um. Uh, they they kind of have a meal and uh, Johnny is so like like fully caught up in his own vengeance that he's barely paying attention to anything that like Percy is trying to to give him with like what little bit of preaching he's doing. But Percy kind of tells him like, "Hey, I'm from Georgia. I'm on my way to Hope Springs, Colorado. Uh, I'm meeting up with a woman named Bessie there, who I've been in correspondence with for two years." Uh, Johnny and one of the only times like. Uh, with the only character that he really kind of goofs around with, like is like you know Bessie's a fat woman name, right? Yeah. And uh, so if I, uh, then then he pulls out a picture of uh, of Bessie, and uh, she ain't no fat woman. Yeah, and uh, and he also lets Johnny like read uh, one of their letters. Well, it, the letter falls out of uh, Percy's pocket. Yeah, uh, Johnny picks it up and reads it and makes fun of him for it. Yeah, and one, once again, one of the only times that Johnny does something like that. Um, Reverend Percy then, uh, left hooks, uh, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we learned that he was a prize fighter before he was a preacher. And, uh, so, uh, they, they kind of have, like, uh, a somewhat nice, somewhat contentious evening together. Like, um, but in the morning, uh, they are, uh, attacked, um, by a local tribe, um, because this movie is just all over the place with this depiction of uh, Native Americans, as we've said. Yeah. And uh, so this time they're, like, just savages who come upon people in the night. Savages, savages, barely even human. Um, and uh, uh, the good reverend gets shot, and Johnny gets away with, uh, with his cart. And uh, Johnny don't even look back. <laughs> well, I mean, he, they're outnumbered, um, and... Uh, the, the the reverend is seemingly dead. Yeah, like he, t- he took in, takes an air to the chest and then drops immediately. But as it turns out it hit his Bible. Yep. 
So, uh, seeing that he's not dead, instead the, uh, the natives turn very quickly and decide, well, if he's not dead, he's fuckable. Yep, he's gonna he's gonna marry my you know ugly ass daughter, uh, who was clearly played by, by a man. Uh, by a man, yeah. Um, and uh, just to go ahead and get that whole thing out of the way, Percy wakes up, uh, like finds that like his the ring that he was gonna propose to Bessie on, uh, with is uh, on the finger of the uh, the native woman. Uh, they have like a, a whole wedding ceremony where it's almost it's almost the level of like Team America World Police style of language of just like like they're they're not speaking any form of Native American tongue. No, in fact, like sometimes like you'll catch words like smoke them and stuff like that in there, um, but it's it's clearly that just them blabbering. Um, and uh, and then like that night, uh. Uh, Percy runs off in a full. I don't even know what you would want to call like what he was wearing. Uh, uh, I wouldn't. It's, he 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 steal he steals uh, one of the guys you know headdresses and you know runs off with it and he runs to a cliffside and the shots they use made made me think that he was gonna try and like Icarus it. <laughs> yeah. Like he was gonna jump off the cliffside and fly, fly away. Yeah, it does look like that for a second there. Yeah, but no, he just he just jumps into the into the water and uh, presumably swims away. Uh, we presume because once again he is dry as a bone when he's back on land. He's dry as a bone, and that uh, that headdress that, like I said, was clearly made out of construction paper is dry. Yep. And uh, and from there he walks towards Hope Springs. Um, which we'll catch up to that when it happens for Johnny's storyline. I just wanted to get all of that unpleasantness out of the way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so Johnny gets into town and that's when he notices that the cart is covered in arrows. Uh, so he quickly pulls those off and Johnny being the, uh, the outlaw that he is. Goes to the saloon. Goes to the saloon. Uh, only, uh, because he left in a hurry, he's in the, the, uh, the preacher's clothes, which should not have fit him. Yeah. Uh. Uh, like clearly, um, you know, Mister Men's had had worked out some to bulk up a little bit, but he is not Michael J. White size. Yeah. Um. Like you know, so uh, Johnny Black, he's he's in he's in the saloon before he can even get a drink ordered. Like seriously. Police presence in this movie rivals anything that I've ever seen, even in modern day. Um, like, because uh, b- before he can order his drink, uh, the uh, U.S. Marshals stand up behind him. Um, and the U.S. Marshal in this movie is like a God-fearing Christian man. Like, he is not a man of vice or anything like that. Like, uh, uh, he's uh, played by uh, Kevin Chapman. He's the Guy who played uh, Black Dynamite's FBI contact. Yeah. Uh, which he's way better in this movie. Yes. Way better, way better in this I movie. I mean, I think every, everyone is better in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, some, some of the Black Dynamite stuff, like, they, they had to play bad. Yeah. You know, look at your Black Dynamite. Your brother died on that stuff. 
You told your mama he wouldn't die on that stuff. At the funeral. Black dynamite, he died on that stuff. <laughs> um, so, like, but, like, but in just in general, like, uh, if nothing else, it goes to show you that, like, these people knew what they were doing when they made that movie. Like, they, were, they weren't just, like, bringing in their moms <laughs> and, and sisters to read uh, lines from the script. Like, yeah, I mean, I, like, yeah. I mean, you said it yourself. You gotta, you gotta be really good to make a movie look really this bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, everyone immediately, uh, everyone who is like, at least, you know, with half a brain cell immediately clocks that, uh, Johnny, uh, this don't is know awesome. shit about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> don't know shit about the Bible. But, uh, Bessie just happens to wander by right as tensions are rising in the bar because the pastor wants to know what his, uh, sorry, the, uh, the marshal wants to know what all of his favorite um, Bible Verses quotes are. are. Yeah, uh, and just saying all of them <laughs> isn't good enough. <laughs> uh, but uh, Johnny Black is able to remember uh, the word, the wordage of of the letter that he got from Percy. Um, so he's able to use that to uh, have uh, Bessie vouch for him. Um, and then they head to the church, accompanied by the marshal. Yep. Um, Who don't believe any of this shit. At all. As he shouldn't. No. <laughs> like, yeah, this, this is, the Marshall, Marshall Cove is actually a good cop in this movie. Yeah, um, surprisingly. He's one of the only, like, very, very much non-corrupt figures in the movie. Like, yeah, is he an obstacle and antagonist to Johnny? Yes. But that's because Johnny is an outlaw. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like, the marshal goes to their church. He's the one white guy there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, they get uh, the the uh, Re- Reverend Percy uh, settled in. Um, they let, let him know that he, for his, uh, uh, what, sermon, uh, you know, the coming Sunday, where they they have multiple congregations attending. Yep, uh, and every time they say like from where, it's always like deeper and more obscure. Yeah, like uh, like at first I, I think they said they're like like oh people from Denver or something like that, and then by the end they're like oh we got people coming all the way from Pond Scum or some yeah. shit like from Calabasas. Like they 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 get like deep with it. Um, so they so. Johnny Johnny goes happens. Johnny Johnny goes and uh, gets set up for the night and while he's there um, Bess, Bessie comes in to hit on him again doesn't she? Well, uh, Bessie hits on him kind of like sporadically that entire thing but what okay. I was going to get at was uh, the thing that keeps him in town. So like uh, it's it's that night uh, they, they've shown him his room they basically tell him that like hey this is the room you have inside the church but um, you technically have a house. There's a house that's owned by the church that the reverend typically would stay at but um, right now there's some land disputes going on because of a local uh, uh, land baron who's trying to buy up the property, even yeah. though it's not it's illegal to do so. So right now we're keeping you here. Um, but here is the key to the safety deposit box with five thousand dollars in it of the church's money. Yes. Um, and that uh, that the bank will open up on Monday after your sermon on Sunday. Um, so Johnny decides that he has to stay in town uh, for this to work. 
Now, the moment that, uh, now, what happens, though... The moment that he's told all this is as uh, Johnny is about to climb out the window. So his legs are dangling out the window. Um, and uh, and when he's caught in this uh, in this position, the man who came in to hand him his keys is like, Reverend, what are you doing? He goes, well, I mean, how are you supposed to get into heaven? Feet first. So you gotta let your feet hang out the window. <laughs> and the guy's like... Alright. Right. <laughs> he just gets up on the window adjacent and just dangles his feet out while the marshal is sitting outside just watching their feet dangle in the wind. As the guy goes, Reverend, how long are we supposed to let our feet dangle out the window? When, the, when, it, when it's time, you'll, you'll know. know. Well, somebody better let me know my feet are cold. <laughs> Such a great weird moment. Okay. Uh, see, so we move on from there uh, to the basically uh, next day. Uh, we see uh, uh, Mister Sheely uh, with his uh, cronies um, harassing the mayor uh, and uh, and the sheriff. And the, sheriff. Uh, the mayor and the sheriff want to be on the side of the townsfolk, but they are. Far too afraid of uh, Mr. Sheely. Um, uh, because they know I that can't it's... can't rightly blame them. Yeah, because they know that it is unwise to go against the will of the white man. Yeah. Um, um, the may- mayor is played by uh, Gary Anthony Williams, and uh, I mentioned uh, Tony Baker is pl- uh, playing the sheriff. Yeah. And, uh, and so... Um, but while that's happening... Uh, this, I believe, is the morning when Black Dynamite wakes up, and uh, like he he's just come out of a shower or something like that when Betsy walks in uh, with her uh, buns. Yes. Um, and uh, and they have like what is basically an Austin Powers skit. Yeah, essentially, uh, where she is coming onto him very hard, and uh, they make a surprising amount of boner jokes. Yeah. Um. With like him basically like swinging Which, that thing around, knocking over furniture. <laughs> Which um, just helps um, uh, solidify the chase for her. Um, uh, Sheely sends a one of one of his one of his uh, thugs by the name of uh, Crackshot Crack Bob. Crackshot Bob. To yep. Terrorize the town until Jesse Lee can show up. So uh, he's out there doing target practice in town, which apparently was not legal at this uh, was not illegal at this point. Uh, as long as he wasn't hitting anybody, he was allowed to shoot whatever he wanted. Yes, because the marshal comes out to try to stop him, but uh, uh, until that gun was pointed at somebody else, uh, the marshal had no like recompense to actually do anything about it. So uh, Johnny comes out and uh, uh, and starts. Uh, metaphorically swinging his dick around now, and uh, Crackshot like had uh, had his gun holstered, and seeing Johnny comes up, he does try to draw on Johnny. Johnny shoots it out of his hand, and then and shoots then, him in the leg. Yeah, yeah bop, yeah, bust him the leg, and uh, has one of the smoothest lines in the movie where he's just like, uh, he's like, "Don't you know who I am? I'm Crackshot Bob." He's like, "Well, now he's shot Bob," and uh, and uh, so. Uh, he he he's gets out of there, and uh, 
that is when uh, Jesse Lee, who had only been talked about at this point in the movie, uh, everybody had all these good things to say. Like when when he came into the church and that everyone was talking about how uh, how learned and smart Jesse Lee was, how she knew the law and she wasn't going to let these people come in. They always they 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 always just said Jesse Lee knew the law. They never gendered him. Yeah. Um. And uh, and so uh, Jesse Lee was 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 taking care of this town and and all of this. So that's when uh, this this cart comes into town and. Uh, this gentleman steps up and uh, steps out and proceeds to. I, I mentioned in the spoiler-free review that I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it now. I'm just gonna say that he goes on. He gives a powerful speech, like a full of uh, just a ton of gravitas and acting his ass off. For that to be revealed, that uh, for you to very quickly realize, what? Huh? <laughs> Not only is this, this is not a learned man, <laughs> this is a man who can't spell his own name. And uh, uh, that was not Jesse Lee. It was a. It was a. It, it was, was her brother Ray. Elmer. Yes, Elmer who got kicked in the face by a mule as a boy and ain't been right since. <laughs> um. So then Jesse Lee comes down, and that is the sister to Bessie. Um. And she basically like. Uh, Admonishes Black Don, Black uh, Johnny Black. God, God damn, you had me doing it now. Yeah, uh, uh, Johnny over like, oh, you, you, if you if you fight the white man, they're gonna bring their armies. Like, uh, and he's like, well, if you don't fight him, like, uh, he's gonna hit somebody here today. He's like, so Johnny's. She's like, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword, except when you need a sword. Yeah. So, uh, so they they have this. Very like different of a uh, view of, of a philosophy of like how to protect these people in the town because Johnny basically just says that he doesn't like bullies. Yeah, uh, he doesn't like people coming around bullying people, which makes a lot of sense for him. Um, now, once again, everybody comments on his revolvers. Uh, we've not mentioned it throughout this movie. Uh, they were his his daddy's revolvers. Yeah, and uh, and they're very signature revolvers. Uh, they're forty four uh, Whitney's, Colt Whitney's. Yeah. And, uh, so everybody recognizes them immediately. And, uh, or at least they recognize that, like, uh, there's, that's a lot of gun for a preacher. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, from there, uh, Crackshot runs off and reports in, um, and... Well, Crackshot doesn't run anywhere. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but they they do report to uh, Mr. Sheely uh, um, that the preach the preacher uh, you know took out his took out his ace, um, and this is when um, Percy comes back into town. Yes, uh, wanders in um, half delusional, still in the outfit that he left in uh, that uh, he escaped in, and. Uh, so and uh, proclaims loudly that he that he is Reverend Percy, uh, not that not this imposter. Uh, so Johnny know. takes him into a barn. Yeah, and uh, and they and get the story right. straight. Yeah, um, that uh, that he's going to be the deacon, uh, so that Johnny can get the five thousand dollars and get out of town. And the and and the the and exercising the demon out of out of him ruined his voice so that now the deacon has to give the, the sermon on Sunday instead of Johnny. Yes. Um, 
Now, the deacon, his first and last name is also deacon. He is deacon, deacon, deacon. The third. <laughs> the third long, the long the, line of deacons. The, the third is such a hat on a hat, but it's so great. <laughs> uh, um, but, uh, but that night... Uh, uh, Johnny uh, and the deacon are uh, Johnny and Percy are talking, and uh, Johnny is kind of going off on the things he doesn't like about the church and how, like, uh, how the church is really stealing from people. You know, does a does a does a preacher need this this table? Does does it, does he need this? Does he need that? And while and going, he picks up this like jeweled inkwell, and when he opens it up, he finds a note in there, uh, which is from the uh, the reverend who had died under mysterious circumstances. Um, which is why Percy was coming to this place to begin with, and uh, and he had drawn a treasure map on the back of it because um, he knew he wasn't going to make it into or out of this movie. Yes. So Johnny goes to go uh, check out uh, what exactly is on this treasure map, and leaves the deacon to recover in uh, in his bed. Yeah. Um, and while he's gone, Bessie sneaks in there, knowing that uh, that his voice is out of commission. So he doesn't need to talk. Yeah. And uh, and while he and while Johnny is out and discovers that there is oil on this property, and that's why um, uh, Steely wants it so bad. Uh, uh, he gets to encounter the fact that uh, Jesse lives on the next property over, and uh, she heard uh, something going on out here, and made her way over to the property, and uh, and they have kind of like a. Uh, a, little, a moment of connection. Yeah. Um, while uh, uh, while it could have grown to something more, Elmer had need of her. Uh, yeah, he got his got his ass stuck in a bear trap. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was, and you say that so casually. <laughs> it's not, that's not the type of thing that, I, that I'm going to forget within 24 hours. Because <laughs> I was like, you are... It, if your ass is stuck in a bear trap, you aren't screaming nearly loud enough. <laughs> it's like this, this man was art, he was articulate. He was, you know, a, able to to state his his peril clearly. It's like either you have no feeling in your ass or that's very poorly acted. Um like you know, I, I I say this with all the authority. Oh, I know. I, I that's not what a man sounds like when his ass is caught in a bear trap. <laughs> oh, um, if we're if we're doing ass and bear trap stories, that's a whole other podcast, really. Um. <laughs> uh, see, so Johnny Black returns to the church um, after uh, Bessie has uh, already gone for the night. He smells the perfume and. Uh, and can almost hear Percy smiling. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Percy wakes up the next day with God on his side. He's he, he, uh, in a very, very good mood. Uh, Johnny Black is like, well, that's oddly conspicuous. Um, everyone has gathered to, to see this long-awaited uh, 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 sermon. And... Uh, and uh, Johnny goes and talks to Percy. Uh, and this is where he starts to put together what happened last night with uh, Percy and uh, Bessie. And uh, realize that Bessie thinks it's him. 
because Bessie made a play at him and tried to come at him and, uh, for a, a quick one before the uh, before, before the, the sermon. And Which, given how quickly after after that scene and the and the, and the sermon started, uh, there was no way they were going to be finished. <laughs> they was going to get caught. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe she wasn't worried about him finishing. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't her priority at that moment. Uh, or maybe Percy did finish fast. I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot in up in the air right now. She she seemed she seemed to be very uh, very happy for for a woman that was unfulfilled the night before. I mean, to be fair, a lot of it might have been in the hunt, and she got the prize. I just wanted to go full, uh, full Mass Effect Two. <sighs> uh, for anybody who's who's ever played Mass Effect Two, you'll know. Well, dude, you'll know. That there's a subset of people because uh, you need someone who's playing Mass Effect for, uh, Two for the first time and decided they wanted to romance Jacob that far. Yeah, that's a very niche group of people. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So in confronting Percy. Um, uh, Johnny gets a little bit loud, and uh, Percy immediately takes advantage of it. Oh, it looks like your voice is back, Reverend. It's a miracle. And uh, so Johnny has to get up there and do a speech, and he remembers his father's forgiveness sermon. And uh, while giving the speech, uh, he also starts to realize he starts to internalize the message. Yes, and uh, and realize that he's lived his life. Um, stuck being unable to forgive uh, Brett Clayton on what's happened, and as a way as a way he eventually puts it in the movie, he, he said he feels like he's been walking around holding hot coals in his hands his entire life. Now that he's dropped them, he realizes it's silly to ever want to pick them back up again because it wasn't doing anything but hurting him. Yeah. And uh, but even during the speech, uh, Johnny shows just how theatrical could be because he I mean his father was a, uh, a preacher. And a showman. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny's got that in him. So uh, uh, he he walks by the marshal like as he's walking through the pulpit and has uh, the marshal like uh, uh, lock him up, uh, only to walk back to the front and uh, burst out of the uh, uh, burst out of the cuffs. Uh, well, he slips out of them. Yeah. I mean, they fall to the floor. Yes, but. And, Everybody, uh... If he had broke them, he'd be wearing them as bracelets, Suge Knight style. <laughs> not Luke Cage style. Not any... Suge Knight? Because Suge Knight actually has bracelets yeah. that are designed to look like handcuffs. Yes, but there's a difference between bracelets designed to look like and, uh... And literal, and, and literal, literal wearing handcuffs. Ones. Yeah. Um, so... Uh... But yeah, so everybody like uproariously like like the serving goes over super super well. Everybody uh, thought it was great, um, and uh, and so they leave with with Johnny just uh, being the forefront of everybody's minds. Uh, this deeply upsets Percy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Percy wanted him to fail. Um, it is at this point that we've learned that uh, Sheely has been putting extra pressure on the mayor and sheriff to uh, get Jesse to sign over the land uh, because he has contacted the Rough Riders who are on their way uh, to destroy the town 
um, and he'll get away with it too. Because he'll just he'll just say that a uh, that a white woman was raped by a black man um, within the town. Yep, which was uh, which is abbreviated to uh, WWRBBM. Yep, uh, that is how common it is, um, and they and uh, they know it's going to work because it always works. Because it always works, even when there ain't no uh, white woman in the town. <laughs> and sure enough, there's there not, not a one. single white woman in that <laughs> entire one. town. Um. So uh, Johnny goes to confront uh, Percy and basically tell him that like, uh, well, it's not it's not one hundred percent clear what exactly he's going to tell him, but he's definitely like on the path to like well, trying to get forgiveness. He 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 returned. He was looking for Percy. He re- first returned to his to the room where he is confronted by Bessie and Jesse. Yeah. Um. Because you know, Bessie. Uh, because of the the convoluted situation yeah, of like had, where had, he was. had her had her way with Percy the night before, and they talked about it together. Yeah. They're sisters. Once again, because she thinks she was with Percy, and Jesse assume, assumes that you know Percy wanted to be with her. So yada yada yada. Um, uh, Johnny then goes to the bar because that's where actual Percy is. That's where Deacon 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 is, and where they are, you know. Uh, they are, they butt heads. Um, Deacon, Deacon, Deacon uh, basically calls him Satan. Yeah, tells him there's a special outhouse uh, in hell for him. It's actually something he says to him a bunch. Um, and uh, but it did seem that like Johnny was was seeing the error of his ways. Yeah. And uh, but uh, per, uh, Deacon, Deacon, Deacon wasn't hearing any of it, and uh, they start a bar fight. Uh, cause all, cause also, you know, you know, for all that, uh, Johnny is growing as a person, he is going to be leaving the next day after stealing the church's money. Yes. But he's confident that he's not hurting the town anymore because of the, uh, situation with the oil. Yes. So now it's kind of like, Hey, I'm, I'm still profiting, but Hey, I'm not like fucking everybody over. So it doesn't like hurt his conscience as much. Um, but, uh. But as as he as he leaves the the, the bar, well, as he starts trying to leave the bar because the bar fight happens, the marshal bursts in. Yes, because the marshal at this point has uh, confirmed all of the, his suspicions about Johnny. He knows who Johnny is now, and uh, so he goes and talks to Johnny about it about everything, and Johnny basically confesses. Yeah, and uh, and but says that he wants to help with the situation. Um, and tells him about the oil, tells him everything he knows, and um, and so the marshal's like, you know what? I think you're you're a good man. I think you're on the way to recovery. The past can be in the past. Um, I'm gonna make sure that that you get a full pardon for everything you've done. Um, and so uh, Johnny uh, goes off. Um, and one of Tim, one of uh, Sheely's men, was listening to their conversation. Shoots the marshal in the back. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Johnny then gets caught by, uh, some bounty hunters, uh, who believe that he just killed the marshal, so his bounty has gone even higher up, and, uh, uh, well, they, Johnny gets word that this is gonna, that this has happened, uh, tries to leave town and gets, like, immediately caught. Yeah. Um, uh, after Johnny has told, um, Jesse what happened as well. Because he tries to ride off, like, you know, into the night. But he, but he does let her know about the oil. Yes. Um, 
So uh, he gets caught, dragged back into town, uh, thrown in jail. Um, this is when like uh, the the townsfolk are made aware of like they have to sign over the uh, the the estate or else um, everyone will die due to the threat of uh, WWRBBM. And um, and they they want to fight, but they also really want somebody else to do it. Yeah. Um. Everybody got bad needs and bad backs. In this, everybody, in this everybody got a lot. Everybody got to live for. We haven't all aged as gracefully as Michael Jai White. <laughs> so, um. Uh, but uh, uh, Sheely has uh has Jesse basically just straight up kidnapped. Um, where he finally turns full villain and is kind of gives her the whole like we will rule this town together and you shall be my queen kind of shtick. Um, Except you know he's much more on that like Ming the Merciless kick where you know really I say you're gonna be my queen you're gonna be like the first woman I rape. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, and so uh, Percy um uh. Percy comes and gives uh, Johnny the good book. Uh, tells him some verses to help get him, get him through the, the rough times. Uh, this is also where we learn a bit about Percy's backstory, where you know he was a he was a prize fighter, got challenged by a group of uh, you know drunk whites, and they, because they went to fight the champion, um, and uh, he went down. He, he he went he went down, but he just couldn't. Bear of the them, you know, parading around like you know, joke and joking, making fun of him. So he got up and beat the absolute dog shit out of the white guy that challenged him. Um, so they lynched his ass because this was Georgia. Yeah. Um, and he prayed. He prayed to God that uh, if he could get out of the situation, uh, he would devote his life to the Lord. And at that moment, the 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 tree branch broke. And uh, and that Bible w- w- was what was sitting next to him. Uh, so he thought maybe it would help out Johnny too. And uh, and so they they leave on on good terms. And then uh, and then Percy just skips town. Uh, he does because Bessie comes to, to Johnny. Oh, to be oh like, okay. Yeah, Percy skips town. Sorry, I thought we were, thought you were still talking about the flashback. Okay. No, no, no. Uh, he gives. Give John the book, the good book, and then Percy skips town. Yes. Um, the uh, the next day they're getting ready for the hanging. Um, like uh, one of the guys leaves to see if uh, they've, they've gotten word uh, now that the, the the bounty has been upped, and uh, that's when Johnny finds that the key to the cell is inside that book. Yes. And uh, and we get the great scene of uh, Johnny calling out to one of the guys about needing water. Uh, and so one of the guys walks back there and, uh, uh, has to confront Johnny uncaged. Uh, he then draws the, draws the other guy's gun faster than he can reach for it, slaps him, returns it back to his holster, slaps him, gets him to go for it again, draws for it again, slaps him twice, (laughs) and it's, he slaps him a good 17, 18 times. Yeah. This bit goes on for a while, and it never doesn't get funny. It, like, it never goes like long enough to where it does not become funny. Yeah. Um, and 
I'm sorry, after the fourth time you slapped me before I could draw it, I'm just going to take the gun belt off and give it to you. <laughs> um, which is basically what he asks of everybody else. Uh, he takes all the bounty hunters and has them uh, locked up in his cell after he's taken their guns. Uh, as he's uh, headed off to con- to go and confront Sheely. Yes. Um, this is around the same time that Sheely makes his threat to Jesse. Uh, and the mayor and uh, sheriff are there. Um, Just the sheriff? No, it's, they're both there. Because the, may- the mayor distracts him. Okay. Because uh, the sheriff goes and meets up with uh, Johnny Black and returns, yeah, right, his, right. returns his guns to him. You're right. Uh, Sheely had Sheely had 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 his uh, had had uh, Johnny Black's guns taken and put on the wall as a display. Um, so now Johnny's got his guns back, uh, and he, then he sneaks the back way in through the house as as the as sheriff as as Tony Baker. He's not even playing the sheriff anymore. Walks up and does a tight five in front of uh, Mr. Sheely and all of his goons. Um, uh, uh, Jesse is freed. Uh, Johnny comes out on the porch uh, where everybody kind of has their guns drawn on uh, the sheriff, and he's like, "You've got." Uh, he's like, uh, "You've gotten to the end of this sentence before." <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that was the only time I ever felt sympathy with the villain. <laughs> I was like, "That's that wasn't the complete sentence," <laughs> uh, which is what uh, which is what the villain says. Also. Um, uh, he did not kill any of those guys. Yeah, he shot he them shot on them, the lake. No, he shot them in the ass. Yeah. He shot each and every one of them right in their ass. Um, uh, they, they I mean, all I, got, I, I, like, Johnny Black, he doesn't kill... He, and he only kills one person in, this, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying that, like, he directly shot them right in the ass. Um, well, he kills He kills one... No, he kills, he kills a few people, because he kills, he kills the uh, Indians. When him and Percy are attacked. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so uh, at this point he knows the Rough Riders are coming to town, uh, so they they ride out to confront the Rough Riders, uh, led by Brett Clayton, and uh, and so uh, Johnny gets to finally have his confrontation with the man, um, and. Uh, Brett doesn't remember who he is. I mean, why would he? It was 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I gotta imagine that wasn't the first black man that he's killed. The, for or sure. Or the last. No, for sure. Um, in fact, he kind of makes a whole point about that not about that being the case. Because they're like, hey, um, you're not getting paid for this anymore. Um, uh, whereas, whereas we control the oil here. We can actually we can pay you double what he was going to pay you to just fuck right off. Yeah. He's like, he's not about the money. And then they bring Sheely in, um, who's all fucked up, and they're like, see, he can't pay you at all. And once again, it's not, not about, about money. money. Um, he wanted to come in. Because if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently. And uh, and this was something he loved. Terrorizing minorities. Um, so uh, they, they try to convince him not to do this, and he's like, I got 30 guys here. I got 30 guns to your... Uh, Ten. Eight, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, uh, a group of people from early in the movie walk in. 
and then uh, Percy brings the Native Americans in, and then another group of people come in, and it just keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, they'll, he's like, well, I still got seven more guns. To Out yours. comes Michael Madsen. Yeah, leading leading uh, Johnny Black's gang that he mentioned going to meet up with. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, and at that point he's just like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> yeah. Um. So a uh, a big fight, uh, gunfight, like commences in the town, and uh, uh, it all ends up culminating with pretty much everybody being uh being down except for uh uh. Johnny and uh, and Clayton get to have a standoff, um, and uh, uh, when they go for their quick draw, uh, Johnny outdraws them with the Bible. Um, you know, asks them to do the right thing. Uh, you know, Clayton goes for the goes for the gun to kill him the same way he's killed his dad, but uh, Johnny had drawn the pistol with the same hand he drew the Bible. Yep. So he just kind of tilts it up and shoots him. In a position that would surely break your hand in real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then with Clayton down, like dead bodies, like all over the streets. Uh, uh, Jesse and uh, Johnny uh, make up and. Uh, uh, essentially decide that like Hope Springs, Colorado is going to be a place for everyone, and, and then uh, beers magically and then appear beers magically appear in everybody's hands, and the celebration begins um, as they all have a big dance number. And that was and that's the end of it. That's that's uh, yeah, that's how the movie that's ends. That's the outlaw Johnny Black. <laughs> like they literally pull these beers from the fucking ether. Yeah, uh, there's a a couple cameos of like older these really old uh, you know black men uh, view, viewing the celebration from on high. Um, one of them looks suspiciously like Jim Brown. We um, we haven't been able to confirm which, who they are. Yeah, I haven't been able to confirm that because um, there's not very, very much information about this movie. So yeah, like we left the movie being like I, we we both vaguely recognized the men, but we couldn't tell who they were. Like. I at first I thought maybe that was supposed to be Johnny's dad, but that clearly wasn't the same actor. Yeah, like I was trying to think of like who it could be, but like we're not certain. Which you know, if it was Jim Brown, then that then this may have been the last movie that he was ever in because uh, he he passed in May. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see any like in loving memory. Uh, there were there were there were two names uh, in memory of in the credits, but neither of them were Jim Brown. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, that that's that's the uh, that's the outlaw Johnny Black. So, um. All in all, I I still say like I, I I still think that Black Dynamite is the better of these two movies. Yeah. Um. I think that because like, uh, they clearly knew going into Black Dynamite that like that's a it's an easier thing to spoof. Um. It's a genre that kind of like. Doesn't necessarily write jokes for itself, but like it's already kind of hokey. Yeah. So making it hokier um, is very, very like it's not a big of a leap. Um, that being said, this is a this is a perfect like perfectly serviceable follow up. Uh, I still enjoyed the shit out of it. 
Um, at no point was I looking at the clock or like wondering like uh, or like wondering when the movie was going to be over. Uh, I was enjoying my time throughout the entire movie, um, with the couple of notable exception, uh, exceptions of some pretty cringy stuff that happens. Yeah, but we've already noted. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way with Jared. I, I give this is a high recommend for me. Um, like go 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 see this. Take your friends to see this. Yeah. Um, to help, yeah, to, you know, take 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 your parents. Unlike Black Dynamite, you can take your kids to see this. There's no blood. There's no not not really any gore. No. Uh, uh, there's there's like one extended like when they first get to the bar. There's like an extended sequence of like one of the lady uh, ladies going around talking about how everybody ain't shit. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there's like almost no cussing in the movie. Um, yeah, like like you like you said, um, Black Dynamite is probably st- I still probably like Black Dynamite more than this. Just because once Black Dynamite Black Black Dynamite starts going a lot sooner into itself than this does. Yes. Um, and once Black Dynamite starts going, there's never really a point where I'm like where I'm kind of pulling away from the movie. I'm pretty much on board with everything Black Dynamite's doing the whole time. <laughs> Up to and including, you know, uh, you know, fighting Richard Nixon in the high, in the in the White House. <laughs> right. Um this one, like I I just I just cannot figure out where I want to land on the Native American stuff. Yeah. And to and that's what that's what is holding me back from, you know, kind of giving my whole heart to the movie. Yeah, and like cuz as soon as you think it's gone, like at the big it, finale, it comes back. At the big finale, everybody comes back. Um, but yeah, so that was our review of the Outlaw Johnny Black. Um, this is Captain Corner Podcast. You can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Give us a like, give us a comment, give us a follow. Let us know what you thought about either uh, Johnny Black or the Outlaw uh, Black Dynamite. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, baby. <laughs> um. I was your host, Patrick. Coach Jerry, say bye, Jerry. Um, good evening, fellers. <laughs> we will catch you next time. Peace.